Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at the Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life. You're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, amen, hallelujah. Well, tell the person next to you it's the best you've looked all week long. Come on, tell them it's the best you've looked all week long. Now say to the person that you said that to, say, and by the time the service is over, you'll be a lot better looking, come on. It, it is, it is, you guys are crazy. This place this place is ridiculous. And ridiculous is a good word for me. I just, I just, I love this house, man. I, you know, we're new. You don't know us. We don't know you. We, we had a chance to meet your pastors at Mercy Culture of uh, the Impartation. How many months ago now? February. And just instantly connected. They came up to us and just said, hey, we'd like you to come to Power Place. And you know, one of those feelings that, you know, people want you to come and I, I don't know them and just right that very moment, we're supposed to be here and, and just kind of fill in love with you guys and Pastor Craig and Christy and Pastor Isaiah and Brittany, just, you guys are just incredible. And I just felt an instant connection. Jan was with me. We walked away and I said this, I said, babe, I don't know what it is, but there's something about them and where they are. And she goes, well, we've never been there. I know, but I just feel like we're supposed to go. And I'm so glad we're here. So glad we're here. You are, say we are. We are. You are the best kept secret in this community. No, no, really. I'm not just being silly now. I'm being cute. I'm not trying to get you to like me because I'm old, so I don't need you to like me. Come on, all the old people say, I get you. You know, I, I've been around when I was young. I want everybody to love me and kiss me and think I was the greatest. I don't care anymore. She likes me. Jesus loves me. That's all, man. I got, I got, I got 10 grandchildren to think I'm Papa. That's gold, baby. That's gold. So I, I really mean this. I just, I, just, I just sensed it. I sensed it when I walked in for, for our staff gathering yesterday, yesterday afternoon and thought, man, walked in this building, walked into your prayer time with the dream team and thought, man, this place is the best kept, amen, Jan, best kept secret in this community. Tell the person next to you, watch out, things are about to happen. Come on, <laughs> prophesy it, prophesy it, prophesy it. Come on. <laughs> Pastor Greg, so graciously said that we've been married 50 years. We just celebrated April 15th, 50 years of marriage. And that's ridiculous, you know. It's, it's, it, it's a miracle. I, I delivered my wife from a terrible life and just set her free from bondage. That ain't true. She was one of those church girls. I wasn't. And uh, so I want you to see my wife. You're going to hear more from her later, but stand up, Jan, and just, just yeah. You know, I just got to go down here for a minute. I just got to say, you can see me down here too, huh? I like to get close to people. I, when I really get anointed, I spit. <laughs> You're in the wrong spot. But it's a holy spit. And if you need a healing to hit you, you'll get healed. You'll get delivered. 
Prosperity will come all over you. Money will come to your house. How many want the spit right now? So, so but I got to come down here. because I don't understand it. I really don't. It's just a marvel of God's grace. But I don't know why us ugly looking guys get such good looking wives. Come on, come on. All you ugly guys, thank Jesus, man. Because, you know, I don't know what it is, but man, how'd you score, dude? You're ugly. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know what you did to deserve this. Now, I know what I did. I'm just the best in the world. So, sorry, I don't, you're not ugly, dude. You're, you're not that good looking, but you ain't ugly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I am. I'm just going to come down here. Can I come down here? Oh, I just, I love you. Just, does that mess up the camera? Too bad, too late. Get over it. All you people watching by, by, by internet, you ought to be in church. That's what you ought to be. Come on, come on. No, come on. Yeah, I, I love the internet, but ain't nothing like the worship we had in the house. Come on, can you just thank the worship team? Whoa! My goodness. My goodness. Sometimes... I'm just going to meander for a little while before we get into the message because he said I got till about 2.15, 2.30. So, so lock the doors. Sometimes you need somebody from the outside to come on the inside and let you know what you really got. Not, not that you're frivolous, not that you necessarily don't appreciate it, but sometimes when you, are, when you are in the midst of something for a while, you can not take for granted, but not realize what really special thing you have. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the power place, church. Yeah, I go there. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. I like it. And not realize that you, you really have, pastor, you really have something very, very special here. Jan and I have, have pastored almost 50 years. We, we almost went into ministry right after we got married. And, and, and probably 40 of those close to 50 years have been in lead senior pastor ministry. And now we've transitioned the last three years and we're doing more of this stuff, just really going around and just serving as, as a covering for churches and speaking to their leaders and their staff, and then hopefully having the opportunity to speak to the house. And in all of our travels, man, we're not coming across a lot of churches like this. Come on. Come on. I mean, I'm serious. It's amazing to me, Pastor. It's amazing to me, but, 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 but we feel so at home. I feel like this is victory in Tucson. We're from Tucson. Our church was Victory Worship Center. And the worship and the intensity, it was like, we're home, babe. But, but we've been to a lot of places. Like, man, the worship, like, oh, oh, Lord, what's going on here? You know, there's just no flow, no, no river, no nothing. And there, there have been times during worship, this is, this is true, during worship, it was so bad, uh, Landon, it was so rough. And I'm sitting on the front row knowing I got to preach after all this, that, not this, but that. And I literally lean over to Jan. I said, babe, babe, yeah, hon, I got to go to the bathroom. She said, I understand, just slip out. I said, here's the deal. I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm not coming back. <laughs> She says, you got to come back. You're supposed to preach. I know. Here's my notes. See you later. Good luck. I'm out of here, man. Because, man, but in this atmosphere, folks, you need to understand there's something special about this house. 
No, no, I know some of you, we're not that special. Well, you're wrong. You are that special. And God's hand is on this place in a very unique kind of way. I'm telling you from the outside coming on the inside, you are the best kept secret in this community. And watch out, little Susie. God's about to uncover you. Watch out, little Susie. Some of you oldies know that's a gospel hymn we sang a long time ago. What are we going to... Well, I got to get off of that. Just Some places... I just got to... Before I get into the, what God's given me, I got to say this. Some places have visitations. This is a house of habitation. No, no, you need to hear that. I, I'm not just saying it. I... I, I, I I don't risk my prophetic gift just to make you happy or say something I think you want to hear. It's too valuable to me, but I feel so prophetic. In fact, the whole morning is going to be prophetic, hopefully not pathetic, but prophetic, because I feel like God's really been downloading some prophetic words to this house, but I heard it during worship, and I heard the Lord say, son, I'm not visit- I don't visit this house. I inhabit this house. And one of the keys to that happening, obviously, is leadership, because everything rises and falls scripturally on leadership. That's not just a secular concept. That's a kingdom concept. As the leaders go, so goes the church. And you got great leaders. You got incredible leaders. You got leaders that are passionate about Jesus. And, and there's, a, there's a level of habitation that is in this place that just is, it, I told Jan, I said, this is rich. I hope you understand that, that the Holy Spirit, in fact, I, I heard this. This is crazy. But I heard the Holy Spirit just whisper, I feel comfortable here. Man, when the Holy Spirit says, I, I feel comfortable in this place. I like this place. I don't just visit. I inhabit. Let me tell you something. He was waiting before you before you even got here. Did you see that little spit just come out of there right there? Did you see that? It's getting started. Did, did you see it there? See? You're healed in Jesus' name right now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you want to move, go right ahead. But I wouldn't if I was you. Habitation. Habitation. Pastor, the Lord has chosen this house. What you've been laboring for and believing for. Boy, babe, I'm just going into it what you've been longing for and what you've seen glimpses of and momentary experiences, you're about to come into a river like you've never come into before. The Lord's hand is on this place. Power place, you are not just another church. Can I be just real candid? We don't need another church. This nation is filled with churches. We need ecclesias. We need kingdom places. We need places that understand your role in a community. It's not just to be a little club, come together, sing a few songs, pay a little money and go home. No, you are supposed to change the atmosphere of this community. You're supposed to change the atmosphere of this region. I believe God wants to make you more than a community church, but a regional church that has influence far beyond your borders. And I'll talk about that momentarily. But there's something special about this house. There's something unique about what God's doing and what has been labored and what has been longed for and what has been interceded for and what you've said, when, Lord. The Lord said, when is no longer. You want to know what time it is? Ask me what time it is. No, ask me what time it is. It's 1.15 is what time it is. That's the time on the clock for this church. That's the time on God's clock. 1.15, what do you mean? Mark 1.15, for the time is now fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. 
The time is now fulfilled in the kingdom. And by the way, that concept at hand is the word, it's the Greek verb anagito. And what it means is it's not on at hand like it's about to happen, but really it means it's arrived, it's here now. So God is saying to Power Place Church, you don't have to wait anymore. My kingdom is here now. Somebody say amen. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. I think I'll say amen all by myself. Kingdom, somebody shout kingdom. That's what he comes to do, and he's establishing kingdom rule, kingdom power. The church is beginning to awaken to their authority, to what God has called them to be. Not a cute little little group that gathers together, but a frightening force to the adversary. Power place, you scare the hell out of hell. He hates what's going on in this house. And if you'll continue to entertain and continue to understand your role in this community and your role in fight the devil, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And that isn't the enemy coming against us. No, no, that's not what it means. It's us coming against the enemy and the gates of hell and the powers of hell and the strongholds of hell will not withstand when the church begins to become militant and rise in their anointing. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Uh, it's just good to be here. Feel good here. You're such a good-looking congregation. Can I speak in tongues? There was a day where, oh, can't do that stuff. People will freak out and people will get weird and people, visitors won't come back. They'll come back. They'll come back. You know why? Because it ain't about me. It's about presence. Right. And about the time when we just get lost with Jesus and let him take care of building the church. Because I got a word for you. Unless he built it, it ain't going to get built anyway. So all our systems, all our, all our stuff, all, all of that's good, all our programs, oh, how can we build? How can we build? Just love Jesus. Just give him the room. Just let him do his thing. Yeah, you need organization. You need all that's good stuff. But in the bottom line, if he's here, they'll come. If he's here, they'll come. Mm, mm, mm. I feel such a sense of the significance of this weekend. Um, you, you said something, Pastor Isaiah, in introducing uh, Jan and myself yesterday with your, with your staff. I'm going to say it again. I just feel in love with your staff. They're just, they're fresh. They just the hunger and the passion. Then we walked in here with your dream team and we got little kids walking around, knocking down strongholds, telling the devil, we're tearing you down. And I said, ooh, man, you got an army of children that are gonna mess this house up. Come on. And then I, I like to walk around during worship just to get a feel of the house. And I'm walking around and I look at a bunch of young people over here and a bunch of them over here and then a bunch of them up here. I'm like, man, ooh, I'm kind of scared. You got, a, you, got, you got an army in your house that's ready to take off. Come on. I need some young people to shout in the house. I need some young people to shout in the house. Woo! But you said something, you, you felt like this weekend was strategic. And what's interesting is I felt the same thing and I, I, I didn't feel comfortable enough to say it to you even before we got here because that may sound presumptuous. Well, who do you, 
what is true teaching. But, but I felt in the, in, in the weeks preparing for our time together, I really felt that this week, this, this, this weekend, oh, that can sound bold of me. And not knowing me, you can sound, I'm, sound like I'm being presumptuous. And I'm not. I'm just telling you what I heard, that I believe this is a very pivotal weekend for this church. That something this weekend is going to get birthed. Something this weekend is going to get revealed. Some of you are going to get it like you've never got it before. Some of you are going to see it like you've never seen it before. doesn't mean you've not been with you and loved you. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. But there, there's a stream. There's a flow. There, God moves in season. God moves in times. And when you align with the time and the season, you move into a whole new arena. Somebody say amen. amen. What time is it? What time is it? 1.15. God, wake some of these people up at 1.15 in the morning so they'll get a word from you. Because I got up at 1.15 this morning. And if God's going to wake me up to remind me that you tell them it's 1.15, you're going to get up at 1.15 in the morning too. Especially you. 115 anointing. You get to sleep in. You get a 115 in the afternoon. 115 in the morning for the next six months in Jesus' name. That's an apostolic authority that I release over you right now. Hallelujah. I do. I feel the significance of this weekend, and it's it's born out of what Jan and I have been been hearing and sensing, not ever, ever being in this. I didn't know what I was going to walk into, but I just trusted the Holy Spirit as he just began to speak. And, and literally, we couldn't wait to get here. We're sitting in the Dallas airport waiting for our connection. I just say, oh, Lord, no delays, no delays. I want to get, I want to get to this place. I want to get to this community. There's something significantly about this weekend that I don't fully understand. And, 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 and what we've been hearing, and really, there's a passage from out of the, the, the Old Testament book of Proverbs that really, really speaks to the assignment we've been given. Because we're not here to preach. And I can preach, and I got lots of sermons. I'll sell you some. They're good, man. I'm telling you. But, but, but we're not here to preach. Really, our assignment is to deliver a word, a prophetic word, to this house. That may be new to some of you, and your pastors can bring exclamation or uh, can explain further what, what the prophetic is. I don't think that's weird to most of you. Amen? Amen. But, but there are times God speaks from his eternal word, and then there are times God brings a rhema word that's prophetic and has application. It never violates the eternal word of God, the logos of God, but it becomes a rhema moment when God speaks out of it and begins to bring clarity and personalizes it. Come on, I'm preaching good already. And personalize it to your life, your family, your marriage, and this house. This house found in Proverbs chapter 15. You could turn there if you'd like. I just want to read it and then just let you know the the application. But it's a very wonderful passage in in verse 23 of Proverbs 15. How good. Say, how good. How good is a word spoken in due season? How good. That word good is an interesting uh, Hebrew word. It means how delightful, how pleasant, how bountiful. But it also means how refreshing, how, how healing, how empowering is a word that comes at the right time. Say right time. You can, you can have a good word at the wrong time and get in trouble. Or you can have a good word and not say it at the right time and miss an opportunity to change a life. The Lord has sent Jan and I to deliver a good word. Say good word. 
a good word, a refreshing word, a bountiful word. Watch this. The word good also means empowering. God has sent us to send you an empowering word to this house for the season you're about to go in. I'll explain that in a moment as God has dropped it in my heart. How good is a spoken word in due season. That's the key, due season. That, that, that's one, one Hebrew word. It's two words in the English, but it's one Hebrew word. It means an appointed word. I love this. Watch this. It, it means a sent word, an assigned word, a, a, a now word, a word to the right place, to the right person at the right time. Listen, it, it's a beautiful word. It, it literally means a prepared word, but this is important. Oh, get it, people. It also means a word with destiny in it. Whoa. So when God speaks a word from out of the eternal word or a rhema word of the spirit, it's got destiny in it. And by the way, I've learned something. Just one word can change everything. Amen. Just one word and your life can be revolutionized. And so the Lord has sent my wife and I and he's been downloading He's been downloading some, some prophetic words for this house, for your house. Say my house. Because listen to me, loved ones. What God speaks corporately over the house, he wants to speak to your house. And the words over this house are words he wants in your house. And in fact, as you hear what he wants to do in Power Place Church, you need to say, Lord, I claim that for me. I receive that for my home, my marriage, my business, my family. Come on, somebody say Amen. And so our assignment is to deliver a word that has corporate, both corporate and personal application and implications. And I got to tell you, pastors, as I heard these words, and I begin to write them down, sometimes he'd wake me up in the middle of the night, and this is the way it happens with me. Sometimes I'd be on my, my morning run, and I'm, I'm a runner. That's, that's my, my exercise of choice, and I run about, about four miles. I'm an old man, but I run about four miles. I'll take some of you young puppies on right now. <laughs> Yeah, you're looking at me like, hey, you think you can run? Come on, dude, I'll take you down. I'll hurt you bad, man. Uh, you especially. I see that look in your eye like, no, no, you can't do that to me. Man, I'm feeling prophetic right now. Sometimes on my run, sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, just working my yard, I'll hear a word, and I'm smart enough to, I'm smart enough to go write it down. And as the Holy Spirit's been downloading, I got excited. I'm excited for you. I know you just, this is just another, not just another, but this is Sunday and you've been here for a lot of Sundays, but this, is in, this isn't any ordinary Sunday. Come on, you got to hear me. Has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the God's timing for this house. That what I'm saying isn't going to be surprising to a lot of you. That what God has downloaded is going to be confirmational, not as much revelational. But for some of you, you're going to see it like you've never seen it before. Because God's got plans for this house. I'm excited. And I need to hasten to say that Jan and I are just the delivery team. We're, We're just the ones that are saying what we've been hearing has nothing to do with what we've conjured up. It's just, I heard, I wrote, and now I'm just to declare. We're to say what we've seen and heard. These are Holy Spirit words. But by the way, you need to understand, this is very fundamental. I know, I know you're waiting for the prophetic word, but if I don't lay this foundation, you'll be like a lot of other Pentecostal spirit-filled people that hear prophecy because hearing is not enough. I want you to hear that again. 
Hearing is not enough. We're good at, we're good at getting excited when we hear, oh, I got a word, I got a word. Oh, God's doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just had a, I just had a sign. <laughs> I'm just going to be weird. I'm going to freak somebody out. But God just showed me something that was just confirmational to where I'm going. And I just love the Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Yeah. He's, he's, he's my best friend. He's my homie. He's my running partner. I can't do anything without him. He just did a thing for me, and I just, I just want to slap you five right now. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, this guy's weird, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you got some weird leaders, too, so I felt right at home. Tell the person next to you, hearing is not enough. You, you see, prophecy is a picture, a picture of divine intent. Uh, it speaks to God's desire and, and God's purpose for a people, for a place, for a marriage, for a home, for a ministry. Prophecy is what should be and what could be. Did you notice? What should be, say it, what should be and what could be. But prophecy, this is what you need to understand, but prophecy is not a guarantee. Wait a minute, if God said it, it's going to happen. No, uh-uh. Just because God said it doesn't mean, just because God prophesies great things come into Power Place Church doesn't mean great things are going to happen. What do you mean? See, prophecy is not a guarantee. Listen, I'm teaching you now. This is so fundamental. If you get this, it's a game changer. Prophecy is not a guarantee. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to partner with the prophecy. So I more than just hear it, but God says, I'm just not going to say what I'm going to do. I want to invite you to partner with me in what I want to do. So we're not going to do this. So we do this together because we can't do it without him, but he won't do it without us. Oh, God's just going to do it if he wants to. Not so. Nothing happens on this planet outside the partnership of the church of Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens without us partnership. God has to wait for another generation or another generation or go to another church or go to another people that are willing to partner. But God's getting tired of telling us things and us never doing anything with what he tells us. Some of you wonder, well, why don't I ever get a word? Because the last 20 words you got, you've just got excited and did nothing else. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just telling you facts. I'll tell you from experience, Lord, everybody else in these prophetic meetings gets a word but me. I'm tired of talking to you. I've been talking to you and giving you wonderful words, and all you do is clap and get excited and dance and ba 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 And that's about all you ever do. But you never lean into the word and ask me, how do I align with it? What do I need to do with it? What is my part in the word? Because faith without works is dead. Yes. Believing is not enough. The devils believe. You've got to more than believe. You've got to activate your faith and align with that word and see, come on, I'm preaching good in this house. So what you're about to hear are incredible words, aren't they? I shared them all with your leadership. I did something I've never done before. I preached this message to your leadership because God said it starts in leaders. Yeah. And if they don't embrace the word, the house is never going to go there. But I want to challenge you. Align with the word. And I want to say to the leaders and the pastors of this house, again, lean into this word. Seek for further revelation. I call prophetic words like icebergs. 90% of an iceberg is underwater. 
Sometimes we just get excited for the 10% and God goes, oh, son, if you just go a little deeper, if you just press in, if you just lean in, I'd show you more stuff. I've given you 10% when there's another 90% just waiting. Come on, people. And so God is waiting for a place. And I believe this is a place. I do, pastors. I do. I'm not just saying I believe. I leaned over to Jan. How many times this morning? Babe, babe, this is a place. This is a unique place. There's something special. It doesn't mean we're all perfect. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges. It doesn't mean we can get better in some ways. But by and large, people, you've got something special here. And there's a wonderful, you, you, you see 10% of what God's going to do. There's so much more. Somebody shout more. More. So let me just deliver the words. Amen? Amen. Are you ready? ready. Oh, by the way, what time is it? Okay, I just didn't know. What time? 1.15. Mark 1.15. The first word I heard was out of a passage the Holy Spirit quickened to my heart. And when I turned to it, I realized it speaks to where you are, but more importantly, it speaks to where you're going if you choose to go. God never makes you do anything. By the way, it's not about heaven or hell. About fulfilling God's purpose or not fulfilling it isn't about, well, if I don't do what God's called me to do, I'll go to hell. No, you're going. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm going to say something that might surprise some of you. Maybe some of us, and I'm one of your old timers too. Maybe some of you old timers, but I got a word for you. Heaven is not my goal. Oh, yeah, it is. No, it's not. And it's not your goal. It shouldn't be your goal. No, I want to go to heaven. Yes, who doesn't want to go to heaven? The alternative is really hot. Some of you will get that on Tuesday. My goal is not heaven. Heaven is my destination. My goal is my destiny here on this earth. Why am I here? Why, am I, I, why was I born? Why was I reborn? Why was I filled with the Spirit? Not just to go to heaven because if heaven was the goal. The moment you got saved, he'd just take us out of here. Because it's tough living this life sometimes. Come on, somebody say amen. But my goal is, God, I want to fulfill the destiny. I know my destiny. My destination is set. I'm going to heaven. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. But if it does, fine with me. But until I go there, I have a job here. God has a destiny for this house. He's not done with this house. In fact, I want to tell you prophetically, he's just getting started. So God spoke to me and said, he led me to Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one. And, and, and it's, a, it's a wonderful book. I love the book of Joshua. I like to call Joshua the, the, the acts of the Old Testament. It's just so filled with life, and it's a newly, newly emancipated slaves from Egypt, and they're, they've, they've, they've wandered for 40 years, and they're finally, finally crossing into, into the season, the destiny, the purpose God had for them. The wilderness was never God's purpose. It was God's preparation. They needed the wilderness for a season. I, God, I, I can't digress, but there, there are purposes to the wilderness. But I will submit to you, they stayed in it longer than they needed to. They didn't learn what they needed to learn, so they had to keep going around the mountain. and go, That there came a time when God said, you've circled this mountain long enough. Deuteronomy chapter 2. It's time to get up and move on. And that's where Israel is in Joshua chapter 1. A whole new generation has come. A whole new generation is, is at a crossroads. Say crossroads. crossroads. Life's full of crossroads. 
Some crossroads were really easy to navigate. We had crossroads growing up with our children. Some crossroads were simple, like, where do you guys want to go for lunch? There was a decision that had to be made. And most of the times we let the kids pick. After church on Sunday, they all wanted McDonald's. Oh, Jesus, help me. If, if you love McDonald's, the only good thing for me at McDonald's is those, is those fries. And, and, but every now and then, every now and then, Father Zane would step in. No, we're going to Five Guys. Come on, somebody say amen in the house. No, Dad, no, Dad, we want to go to McDonald's. Not today, I'm in charge. Crossroads are easy. Some crossroads are incredibly challenging. Israel's at a crossroads. God has brought them to a divine intersection. By the way, just want to remind you, they've been here before. 40 times before. I'm, I'm convinced once a year they came to that same crossroad and God gave them the same opportunity and they chose to live safe and comfortable in the familiar and they let fear and they let doubt Listen to me. Let it fear and doubt keep them from their destiny. Again, we're not talking about heaven or hell. God loved them. God met their need. God took care of them. It wasn't a bad place they were in. I mean, come on. Their clothes never wore out. Come on. All the men ought to say, yes, Jesus. Honey, I think I need a new dress. Oh, no, baby. But, babe, it's 35 years old. Oh, it looks like brand new. Come on. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. Their food was always taken care of. They got a little grumpy. God gave them quail. They needed water. God gave them water. Every need was met. Come on. But the problem is that's not their purpose. That's not their destiny. They're at a crossroad. They're at a pivotal point where they have to make a decision. Do we stay where it's comfortable? Say crossover. Crossover. Or do we cross over into our prophecy? and into our destiny. Because where they were was temporary. It was transitional. It was for a season. Now it was time to cross over. And, and so the Lord calls them to cross over. He calls them to go into a new season and to a place they've never been before. A place he's prepared, but a place they've never been. I want to say that again. Where you're going, you've never been, but he's prepared it. Oh, that's so powerful. Where are we going? Sometimes God doesn't let you know where you're going. You just got to start going. Abraham, leave your family. Where am I going? Just go. Just go. Sometimes if God tells you everything that's out ahead of you, you'd pass out. Come on. God, I didn't know I was going to have to face this. I know. That's why I didn't tell you. Because you would have stayed in your preparation instead of your destiny. Hey, babe, we would have never went to Tucson if we knew we were going to experience what we experienced. But I'm glad we went to Tucson because we experienced incredible things. And so they're at a crossroads, and and, and God calls them to cross over. Let me me just read the passage real quick. Joshua chapter 1. I've got to get a drink of water. Here we go. It's beautiful in this house. I tell you, you guys, when you give water, you give water. Most churches, you're so liberal, you're so generous. Most church, those little ones, they last about two gulps, man. I love this church. Joshua chapter one. You ready? Watch this, verse one. Now the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, watch this. Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now, I don't want to take a lot of time with this because I got to get into the prophetic words, but this is the first word. This is, this is the pivotal word. Because if you, if you don't embrace this word and welcome this word and obey this word, you can't fully experience everything else. Because everything else is dependent upon what you do here. Listen to me. Everything God has for you over there is dependent on what you do here. Are you tracking? Okay, three of you. Anybody else? That's so critical you get this. That's why I want to take a little bit of time with this. He says, Joshua, Moses, is my servant is dead. Now, if I can take just a moment with this and just kind of, kind of just tell you my humanness, if I, I just feel like God could have been a little bit nicer. You know what I mean? Hey, they're dead. Oh, man. God, you could have said, Joshua, my servant Moses, he's gone now. He's passed on. He's in a better place. No, he's dead. Emphatic. Why? Because God knew Joshua needed to know that season was over. God wasn't dealing with Moses. He was dealing with a season. He was dealing with a time. It wasn't about him being ugly about Moses because Moses is the man. It'll be a few few years and you'll see old Moses and Elijah hanging out with Jesus at the mountain. So it's not about I don't love Moses, but I want to get a message to you, Joshua. Where you're going, he's not going. That season is over. And some of you need to realize that season is over. You can't go there hanging on to here. Come on, hear me. I can't get where God's leading me, always holding on to yesterday. Yesterday is over. Yesterday's done. It was good. It was wonderful. It was incredible. God did great things. But God has greater things over there. Oh, I'm preaching good. He's dead, most uh, Joshua. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you where I buried him. The moment you know where he's buried, you'll go back every other day. Oh, Moses, I miss you. I wish you were here. I can't handle the pressure. I can't. Yes, you can, Joshua. It's called the pruning process. God begins to prune things off your life. Not bad things necessarily. We always think it's bad things. But sometimes God prunes a good thing to make room for a better thing. We don't understand. And some of you, can I just be candid, are carrying around dead branches. Holding on to a dead thing. It's not fruitful anymore. It's not worthy of your time anymore. But oh, I just feel so comfortable with this. I remember when God even began to prune people out of my life. I remember as a pastor, my first pastor in California, and God began to prune some people that were really good givers. (laughs) Can I just be real? They were really really good givers. And they God began to prune them. And they said, Pastor, we feel like God's moving us on. Oh, no, 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 no. You're supposed to stay. Those people there, they're supposed to go. They don't give diddly in the house. You need to go, go, go. Go where they're going. You stay here. I'm tired of being really real with you. Like, God, how are we going to survive? The reason I'm pruning them is because you're going to be becoming dependent on them and wow. not me. Sometimes God will move somebody out of your life because you're becoming co-dependent. That's not just some secular term that the counselors figured out. That's a biblical concept. God wants you co-dependent on him and only him. My dependency is on the Lord. Bless you. I thank you. You're a help to me. You're a blessing to me. But you're not my source. Jesus is my source. Now, therefore, say now. 
What time is it? 1.15. The word now literally means it's time. Joshua, I'm tired of messing around. Try to fiddle around, fiddle around. I've got to, I've just let one generation die. I've got a whole new generation. I don't want to wait any longer. Loved ones, we don't have a lot of time left. It's the most critical hour we have ever faced. The craziness that's going on, the stuff that's going on. I don't even want to go down that road. It's crazy. Stuff they're doing in schools. I'm so glad you're starting a Christian school. I am so grateful you're starting a Christian school. I know it's going to cost you. I, I know the challenge. I, I, we, we, had, we had two Christian schools in my, in my ministry years. One as, as an associate, one as a lead senior pastor. I know the challenges. I know it's tough, but I'm so grateful you're starting one. What they're doing in the schools today is ridiculous. Forgive me. This is going to be really teaching kindergartners how to touch their parts. Telling them, if it feels good, go to a secret place in your house and touch your parts. Come on, I don't have to get real, do I? My God, what's going on? Telling them you gotta, it's okay if you want to be this when you're really born. Now. Oh, I don't even want to go down that road. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Pastor, for a vision. Thank you, Pastor, for a vision to have a Christian school. I'm just going to tell you, they're not, they don't even know I was going to say this. You need to support this. You need to give money for this. Even if your kids are beyond the age they're going to go, you need to pray for it. You need, there's a generation, the adversary is snaring right now, and the secular world is sucking them in. My God, we need a house. Oh, pardon that digression, and I know you didn't ask me to say it, but you need to have it. And so all of a sudden, God says to them, now therefore arise, step out, cross this Jordan, cross the Jordan. Tell the person that you, it's time to cross over. No, say it like you mean it. You and all the people to the land, to the place, to the, to, the, to the promise, to the prophecy that I'm giving you. Notice, I've given it to you already. Say, it's ours. Watch this. It's ours. The Lord says it's yours, but you have to possess it. Here's the title deed. It's your property. It's your house. It's your land. Now go get it. See, we want God to give us everything. You know what that's called? Immaturity. Someone, uh, Landon, just the other day, texted me. He texted me from time to time about, what do you see this? What? He said, Pastor Zane, what do you see as, as, as one of the most significant dif- differences between a mature and immature believer? I think it was a great question. And, and Jen and I talked about it. And babe, I think, I think the answer I came up with was good, but I think just right now I got another one. You, you know, I think what, one of the marks of a mature believer versus an immature believer is a mature believer doesn't have to have God explain everything to him. I'm not saying immature. It's bad for immature believers. But my kids always ask why, how come, explain it. And there came a day when my son began to just say, Dad, have you said it? I trust you. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's make it happen. I think the difference between a mature believer and an immature believer is they understand that God's just not going to give them everything. 
God's going to say, we're going to do this together. Sometimes we're going to have to battle. Sometimes we're going to have to press in. Sometimes we're going to have to believe in faith. Sometimes we're going to have to cross a river that's not parted, but step into it while it's still flooded. Uh-huh. That's exactly what happens. He says, cross this Jordan. But the problem was the Jordan wasn't like the Red Sea. Can you imagine Joshua? His first leadership experience as leading the church was, okay, we're supposed to cross the river. Okay, God, part it like you did the Red Sea. Not going to do it that way for you anymore. Why? Why? Because they were emancipated slaves. They were just immature believers. They just got out. They couldn't handle that. You're, you're different now, Josh. You're at another level. I'm demanding more faith. I'm demanding you to walk in a level of faith and obedience that you've never walked before. I want to teach you that I'm not going to do it all for you. We're going to do it together. I want to teach you what the Bible says. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we walk in obedience. Come on, people. So when the the vision is cast, we'll explain it. You sometimes can't explain it. Just God said it. Let's do it. I can see Josh. It ain't parted yet. Josh, didn't he tell us to get in the river? Yeah, but it's flooded. I know, man. You know, when Moses did it, he parted the river. You know, Moses was the man. I mean, we didn't have to go through any waters, and it was part of, man, what kind of leader are you? You know, like, what's your problem, Josh? And Josh is saying, hey, anybody seen that staff? Somebody find me that staff. God buried the staff with Moses, because I'm going to teach you to do it in faith, not just because somebody else does. Oh. Wow. Wow. Crossover, verse 3, every place, every place, every place your foot treads will be your territory. It's a word to this house. Say every place. Every place, your marriage, your family. What territory do you need for your marriage? What territory do you need for your children? What territory do you need for your business? What territory? Begin to believe God. Step out and walk around it. Walk around that wall. Walk around that mountain. Walk around that obstacle. Walk around that school. Walk around your children's bedroom. Come on. They're asleep at night, going and just praying tongues and walk. Boy, they're our territory. They're your son. They're your daughter. You see, every place your foot treads, you don't got what you need because you ain't walking. You ain't taking steps of faith. He goes on. I'm almost done with this. Not the sermon, just this part. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Why did he need to say that? Because he knew what was out there. He's thinking, you thought it was tough here in the wilderness? He said, first of all, all the stuff I gave you is drying up. No more manna, no more water out of the rock, no more quail coming down. It says in Joshua, when they crossed over, the manna ceased. Now you're going to have to learn how to cultivate and grow and develop. Now you're going to learn how to do some work. I'm not just going to give it to you. I'm going to bless what you plant. I'm going to bless what you take care of. Come on. Come on. I'll bless the fruit of your work, but I ain't just going to give it to you anymore because you're the new stage. I'm telling you, Power Place Church, it's time to go to a new stage. It's time to go to a new level. Everybody wants glory. Everybody wants to reach a city. Everybody wants to do great things, but nobody's willing to step in and do what's necessary to partner with him. He says, he said, I'll be with you. Why? Because there's adversaries over there and there's walled cities over there and there's challenges you're going to face. I just need to tell you now in the safety of this moment, I'll be with you then. 
because they're coming. Sorry, pastors. You think you had some battles now? They're coming. They'll be outside the church. Sorry, they'll be in the house. But I got a word for you. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Huh? Just as you've navigated 18 years, whatever God has for you, you'll navigate it. Whatever God has for this church, you'll navigate it. You, you didn't get here by osmosis. You prayed it in. You fasted it in. You believed it in. You labored it in. This is the fruit of your womb spiritually. This is what you bore. Come on, how many understand what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's more babies coming to the house. You'll hear it in a minute. But I'm telling you right now, you're about to cross into a time and arena. But be ready. The devil's not going to just sit back and say, well, they're crossing over. Let's just bless them. No, there's hell to pay. There's devils to fight. There's mountains to overcome. Why? Because it's worth worth it. Yes. Yes. Glory is worth it. Yes. Tell the person next year it's our crossover season. And that's good enough. Until the Lord awakened me. It, no, you didn't need to say that. I just love you people. I, you people are ridiculous. The Lord says it's yours, but it must be possessed. New levels of faith, new levels of obedience, new strategies. You've got to think different. What we did yesterday is not going to work for what's happening tomorrow. We've got to come up. Not, you, don't change the, you don't change the message, but you've got to get creative with the method. Come on. Come on. Some of us olders, oldies but goodies got to understand we had our season. We're still needed. I'll talk about that in a moment. But we got to understand it's a whole new generation to reach. We, we can't reach them our style. It won't work our way. Come on. That's not a bad thing. It's just reality. You know, this generation's got cell phones and pads and ear things. And I mean, it's crazy. I don't even know how all that stuff works. But if you'll understand it, you'll be able to reach it and utilize those giftings and those technologies to reach the world. Where, man, to us, we had our, 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 our song list was on a, on a plastic thing called, called what, what do you call that thing? Overhead. Overhead. Flip, and he'd flip it real flip. Transparency. That was our style. And I'd get so bugged at my, my, my person. Man, he was so slow. Come on, get your back together. And I got to tell you, the guy running the video, the screen up there, dude, you make me happy, dude. No, 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 no. I need to tell you, 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 you just blessed me. Because so often I've had video people and they put the words and, and then it changes to the next phrase. And three days later, he changes the phrase. I've always told them, when they see the phrase and they start singing it, change it right then because they already know the words. I love you. I love you. And, and as I heard the Lord say, it's their crossover season. It's not just a story in the Bible. It's where you are. Some of you, it's crossover season in your marriage. Some of you, it's crossover season in your business. Some of you, it's crossover season in a relationship you have. God wants to take it to the next place, to the next level. Some of you, God wants to prune some relationships. Ooh. For some of you, God wants to close the door instead of opening the door. We always talk about open doors. Sometimes I need a closed door. 
So I don't go where I'm not supposed to go. Oh, I don't have time for that. That's another teaching. You're going to have to bring me back. Thank you, Jesus. But I heard the Lord say this, pastors, and this so excited me. I shared it yesterday. You're not just moving into a new season. Hear me. Hear the word of the Lord. I'm taking along with this. But you're not only moving into a new season, you're moving into a new era. That's totally different. Seasons come and go. Era, era is a season of seasons. It's not just winter, but it's winter, fall, spring, and summer, and another winter, fall, spring, and summer. An era is, is totally different. What is an era? An era is a date or an event that marks the beginning of an important period in the history of something. I'm not trying to be bold or presumptuous, but I believe that, that, that this day, this day, what day is it? May what? May 22nd. May 22, 22, 5, 22. Oh, I can work that, man. I can work that. Isaiah 22, 22. Isaiah 22, 22. Behold, I will give you the key of David. <clears throat> and you will open and you will close. You will open. I didn't know it was 22. May 22, 22. But God said, I'm going to give you the key of David. Read it. Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah. 22. Behold, I will give you the key of David. And you will open it. No man can close it. And you will shut it. No man. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, I feel like running in this house. Oh. And today marks a new era. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just a delivery boy. Today. Don't know what all of it means other than the words you're going to hear real quickly in a moment. But today, somebody shout today. I just need to ask you, what time is it? The time is now fulfilled. It's here. It's not coming. It's here. Don't have to wait for it anymore. It's arrived. Kingdom is manifesting. Era, a given point of time at which something new and significant begins. Era, a season of years marked by significant and powerful events that change the course of history. Can you believe that you can change the course of history? Can you, can you believe this little church called Power Place? Well, we're not that big. We're not that big. God has never used big to do his greatest works. He's always used a remnant, a minority. In fact, he told Gideon, I got, I got good news and bad news for you, Gideon. The good news is you're going to win this battle. The bad news, you can't do it with most of these people. You got way too many. Weed them out because most of them aren't with you. Ended up having from 20,000 to 300, but they turned the nation around. I'm telling you, this nice little community called Power Place can change this city, can change this region, can shape the state of Pennsylvania. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? So, let's move fast. It's 
Tell the person next to you, he's been moving fast. My God, if he goes any faster, we're not going to see him anymore. The next word I heard, and I got to move fast, Pastor, and you can take this and work it later, and I expect that you will. In fact, I expect that you do a series on every one of these words. Just expectation. Apostolic directive. Work it out. Work it out. And I got a feeling from what I heard, Pastor Brittany can bring it too. So, so you get one of the words too. And if I were you, I would pick my word first. Okay, I, Jan, Jan had, my wife preached Mother's Day at Mercy Culture. And they're in a series on the gifts. And so Pastor Landon called and said, Jan, will you do Mother's Day? And it's not, I don't want it to be a traditional Mother's Day message because we're in a series on the gifts of the Spirit. And so, so I'll let you pick what gift. And she thought, oh, I'll do this one. I said, babe, I'll tell you the gift to pick gift of healing, because if you know her story and know our story, that's, that's, that's your wheelhouse. But weren't you glad you got the pick? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you glad that I gave you the wisdom to pick that? Aren't I incredible? Can you come up and give me a kiss? Oh, no, 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 no. I will lose my anointing right there. Forgive me a little too earthy. I will get another anointing. Oh, Jesus, help me. Next word I heard. This is so exciting. I got to go. It has vast implications. It's the word increase. You are moving into an era of increase. Increase in this church, increase in marriage, family, businesses especially. How many own a business? How many own a business? Raise your hand. Lord, I release the word increase over their business. Come on, leave it up. I release increase over their business. Right. This is your era. This is your seed. Doesn't mean there won't be challenges. Doesn't mean when, I mean, now, my God, it's terrible now. It's always terrible. God moves greatly in terrible times. Don't you, we built a, 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 2,500-seat auditorium in 2008. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm an idiot. God said, you're not an idiot. I want to show people I can do things in the worst of times. But the Lord told me, he gave me this passage of scripture. It's so powerful. Listen to it. He gave me Psalms 115 verse 14. 115, 14. Just write it down. The Lord says, I will give you, give me, say give me. I will give you power place church. Increase more and more. This is an era of increase. Job 8 verse 7. Though your beginning was small. Though your beginning seemed insignificant, yet I will increase you greatly. This is a year of increase. This is your 320 era. Ephesians, Ephesians 320. Now unto him who can do exceedingly more than you can ask or think. Can you believe more? Somebody say increase. He specifically spoke to me that he is releasing an increased anointing on this house. And I'm going to tell you something. You ought to go, whoa. Again, you're here. You may not recognize it, but there's a strong level of presence in this house. 
There is a strong anointing on this house. We felt it when we walked in that foyer, even last night or yesterday with your staff. I said, babe, there's a, there's a glory. There's a presence here. I told you he inhabits this place. But the Lord told me to tell you, I'm just the delivery boy. He told me to tell you, tell Power Place Church, I'm increasing the anointing to another level. You're going to a whole nother level with the anointing. He says, he said, Psalms, Psalms 92 verse 10, I have anointed, I have been anointed with fresh oil. That sounds like your oil got old, but the word fresh in the Hebrew text doesn't mean fresh like brand new, but it literally means an increased oil. I will anoint you with an abounding oil. There's a greater flow of the spirit coming to this house. You are entering a devil portion era supernatural outpourings in the middle of worship, in the middle of the preaching, there's going to come an outpouring, fresh encounters. You're going to discover the Holy Spirit in ways that you've never known him before. Some of you old time Pentecostals been talking in tongues forever. You're about to meet the Holy Spirit up close and personal. You're about to meet him in a way you've never met him before. You're about to understand him a way you never have before. He's going to shock you. He's going to surprise you. He's going to bless you because the Holy Ghost is in this house. Somebody say amen. You are going to see and experience manifestations of the Holy Spirit, of that anointing. Isaiah chapter 61 is over this house. I saw it when I drove up. You have a thing over there that says, says the name of your church, the power place. Right underneath it, I saw in the spirit, Isaiah chapter 61. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty that are around, to declare the favorable year of the Lord. That's this house. That's, that is the season. That is the era. That is your walk. You've had, you've had bits and pieces. You've had foretaste. You've had first fruits. But I'm telling you, pastor, you're about to break in where miracles are going to be common. In fact, you're going to about to break in where you're going to be known. That's a miracle house. If you need a healing, if you need a breakthrough, you need to go, you need to go there because something happens there. People are going to be healed. Landon, people, Landon, people are going to be healed while you're worshiping, while you're leading praise, while the band is just playing their licks. There's going to be a healing flow because they're, come on, people. I especially felt, I especially felt the Holy Spirit quicken Joel chapter two, verse 28. I want, I want, I want all the young people to stand right now. Just stand. Just stay standing for a moment. I won't take long. If you're, if you're, if you're a young person, I don't know, 20, 21, 18, 17, stand all over. Oh, you scare me. If I had time, if I had time, Oh, sweetheart, there's such an anointing on your life. I know I'm embarrassing you, but that's too late. I like your braces. I looked, I looked during worship and I saw a whole bunch of you out there and a bunch of you over here and a bunch of you up front. Pastor, there's an army in this house. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. You know, I... I I kind of jived with you about running. I kind of jived with you about running. You are a runner in the spirit. You're going to chase down strongholds. 
you're going to chase down the demonic. The devil has tried to take you out already. The devil's tried to seize you already, but God's got his hand. God's got his hand. God's got his hand on your life. And the Lord told me to tell you, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Joel 2, 28. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he specifies your sons and your daughters. Every parent ought to be excited. Every mom and dad ought to say, yes, Jesus. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will move in the things of the spirit. There's an anointing. Lord, I release that increased anointing on every young man in it. Come on, church. Come on. Every young man, every young woman in this house, every young man, every young woman in this house, come on, give God a praise. Woo! Get ready. Are you ready? Where's your wife? She's on a camera somewhere. Where's she at? Where's she at? Yeah. Are you ready? You got great pastors. You got great pastors. Take them in. Take them in. Sharpen your swords. Tear down strongholds. Take over schools. You can be seated. Give them a praise. There's such an anointing that's coming on the children of this ministry. Not just the young people, but the children. I'm prophesying. There's going to be a Sunday. They're going to walk in this building and take over this service. You're going to let them do that? They're going to learn how to praise. They're going to learn how to, they already learn how to praise, how to pray in the spirit, but they're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to have some healing services and it's the children that are going to be in here ministering healing. I walked in here at at 845 and I was loving seeing all the adults, but what blessed us the most, babe, was those children, man, and they were going for it. I'm saying, man, they're scary. I mean, if they're like this now, come on. If they're like this now, if they've had this kind of nourishment spiritually, if they've been, if they've been discipled like this now, can you imagine? You know, you, you, you do know that your children are targeted. You know that, don't you? You're, you're not so blind that you don't know hell has a plan for your kids. He's tried, he's tried his best to kill him in the womb. He's tried his best never to let him be born. You want to know why? Because he knows there's a last day generation. He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. He's always, he's always tried to kill and snare the child because he knew there was a Messiah. He tried to kill him with Pharaoh. He tried to kill him with Herod. But there is a generation God has preserved. There's a generation God has protected. And they're about to rise up. They're about to rise up. And they don't have to wait till they're 55 to move in the spirit. They're going to prophesy at six years old. They're in the house. Your children may be the children that usher in Jesus. Can I keep going real quick? Thanks for your patience. But I've been pregnant with these words. I got to get this thing out of me. I'm pregnant. I know that sounds weird. And I know in the natural that can't happen. Just slipping that in there. Just slipping that in there. I don't care what they've been telling you on the TV. Ain't gonna happen. You can't get pregnant, dude. So don't even think about it. 
Isn't this, isn't this stupid? It's, and you know what's crazy? There's a host of believers that just listen to that. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'll never come back. Listen to that. That crap. And that wasn't tongues. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. You gotta, you gotta come against it. You gotta be bold in the pulpit. But, but I'm pregnant in my spirit, and I want to get this out of me. So the next word he quickened in my heart, and somebody say increase, increase. increased anointing, and then I heard the Lord said increased harvest. There's a harvest that's waiting to be harvested. You are moving into, pastors, an era of harvest. You're going to experience a bumper crop. The Lord is releasing. It's not that you've not been evangelistic. It's not that you've not shared the message of the gospel. But there's coming a new release of the spirit of evangelism over this house. You're, there's, a, there's an evangelistic anointing that's being released. The Lord just told me it's going to be a market there are going to be marketplace missionaries out there. Out there. You know, Jesus did more miracles outside the synagogue than in it. You know, I'm convinced the gifts of the Spirit were meant for the marketplace, not the sanctuary. They can be used in the sanctuary, but words of knowledge and words of revelation and gifts of healings and gifts of miracles in the marketplace. And that's what's going to be, that's what's going to get their attention. They could care less about our theology. They could care less about our nifty preaching and our oratorical skills. They're sick. They're broken. Their marriage is messed up. They need somebody that's got the goods. They need somebody that's got the anointing. They need somebody that can come to a neighbor and say, you know, our pastor and our church believes in prayer. And I want to pray for you and believe for healing. All it takes is a few miracles like that in your community and this place will be filled filled to the brim. Marketplace, out of the seat, out of the out of the seats and into the streets. You are, you are, when you leave this room, you are now entering the mission field. I love overseas missions. I believe in it. I support it. I've been overseas I don't know how many times, but there's a mission field right outside these doors. By the way, can I just remind you, fruit doesn't harvest itself. Duh. My church, when I did this, everybody knew. Duh. All together. Duh. Fruit doesn't pop off the tree and run into your church and says, I'm ready to be harvested. Tell the person next to you, we's the harvesters. We're, we're the harvesters. We're the pickers. We're supposed to be out there picking the fruit. And God will get them ready. You know, some fruit, you hardly even have to pick it. It's so ready. Just have to look at it. Popping. It's in your hand. But you can't harvest in here the fruits out there. Doesn't mean ministry doesn't happen here. And, 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 and I'm going to talk about how, how you can also bring people to this house. But, but so many are fearful of evangelism. I'm not good. I don't know the four, 12, 25, 36 spiritual laws. I don't know, whatever it is. I don't know theology. I don't know any verses very well. You don't need to know any of that. If you do, wonderful and use it, great. But I'll tell you what's more impacting than you knowing 15,000 scriptures is your testimony. That's what changes lives. Just tell them your story. Tell them your marriage was a mess. 
Tell them you were a mess. Tell them you were hooked on this or you were bound by this. Tell them you were sick. Tell them you were diseased and God healed. Just tell your story. It's like that guy in the, in the New Testament and everybody was flipping out. He got healed of blindness. Jesus healed him and, and Jesus isn't around and, and they're telling him who healed you and what happened and how this happened. He's getting all freaked out and fires and says, shut up. I don't know what you want. All I know is I was blind. Now I see that guy right over there. His name is Jesus. He touched me. Just tell them your story. Step out of your comfort zone. Just ask him, can I pray for you? What if they say no? They're not going to say no. And if they say no, say, I hate your guts and walk away. <laughs> They're not going to. They're going to go, oh, 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 yeah, I guess. <laughs> Step out of your comfort zone. Go to your neighbor and say, we hear you're going tough, through a tough time. Just want you to know we're praying for you. That's a seed. And then the Holy Spirit shows up, thank you, Zane. Now you've given me something to work with. And he starts working the seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want the Holy Spirit to pick them up and drop them in here. It's like that little lady, Jan, there in that CVS market. And she'd heard this, this message about stepping out of your comfort zone and that God wants to use you to minister to people and, and take a risk and pray for people. And she was in the CVS uh, uh, pharmacy and, and she was getting some stuff and she saw this little old lady sitting there at the pharmacy waiting for her, obviously her prescription. And she could tell she was real distraught. And she went by her and she felt like she heard the Holy Spirit say, stop and pray for her. And she said, oh, no, no, I can't do that. No, 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 I'm insecure. No, no. But you know, when you know it's the Lord and you want to be obedient, you just keep going by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Hoping, hoping about the fifth time by, the Holy Spirit would say, it's cool. You can go on home. But, but, but he didn't. She kept going by. And, and finally, finally, she just, finally, she just stopped. She just said, she said, Man, I, I know this might be a little weird and a little insecure. I've never really done this. But I can tell you, you look like you're not doing real good. And, and is something wrong? And she just looked at her and, and tears began to well up. Because, well, I've, I haven't been able to sleep for almost, almost three months, almost every night. And my husband's so distraught. And we're both older. And I'm trying, the doctors can't figure it out. And, and the Holy Spirit says, just ask her to pray. Just say, I'll pray for her. So can, can I pray for you? And it doesn't. Listen, when you start doing this, don't get weird. Don't say, can I pray for you? Jesus, heal them in the name of Jesus and set up prayer and break the bondage. No, 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 don't do that. No, no, really, if you do that, tell them you go to another church. The power, the power isn't in the volume. The power isn't in you. You feel that though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's all over me. I can't blame you. No, you just, 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 just do this. Jesus, you're the healer. And this precious, this precious daughter of yours is struggling. And so I just ask you to minister to her and, and heal her and, in Jesus' name. There's no power in that. Jesus, Jesus. No, no, that's just loud. It, it's not about... Volume, it's about conviction. The conviction God heals loud or soft. Some of you softies. You're, 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 yeah, I saw what you just did. Yeah, she's so like, oh, I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be seen. There, don't you hide from me. I'm talking about your admin. 
What's her name again? Rajan. Reginald. Rachel. Raquel. You can call me Bobby. You can call me Bob, but you're going to serve somebody. Okay. How many know what song I'm talking about? Please Give me a Bob Dylan fan in the house, okay? You can call me. Listen, there's an anointing on you. No, no, I'm, you're not, you're not just an incredible admin. There are gifts of healing inside you that are waiting to be released. It wasn't happenstance your husband did that. Yeah, it wasn't happenstance. That was God made me see that because it's all over you or whatever your name is. <laughs> well, if you were a true prophet, Pastor Zane, you would know. I ain't a prophet. It's there. I'm not just being silly. It's there. And you know what happened in the story? I got to hurry. You know what happened in the story? She started to walk away and the Holy Spirit said, no, give her your number. Just let her know if you need anything, call me. Yeah, come on, get smart. Didn't give her 15 tracks, and I'm not against tracks. Didn't tell her, you know, you're in sin, and that's the reason you're sin. If you would just get out of sin, what sin is it? No, come on. That's, don't be Holy Ghost. Just be Jesus yeah. and love him and just say, here's my, here's, here's my phone number, and just call me if you need me. And she didn't think. She went home. And it was the day you didn't have caller IDs and all that, and the phone rings about 6.30 in the morning, and, and, and she happened to be up, and she's thinking, who's calling this early? Maybe it's an emergency. She picks up the phone. Hello? And it's a man's voice. What did you do to my wife? Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Is your name so-and-so? Yes. You were in, in the pharmacy. What did you do to my wife? And she's thinking, oh, my God, the lady died. Oh, my God, my God, my God. I told you I didn't want to pray for her. I said, she said, sir, what, what do you mean? I don't know, but what'd you do? She slept all night. I haven't slept all night worried there was something wrong with her. What did you do to my wife? She's not slept in three months and she slept like a baby. Listen, if you don't need more of an open door than that, you're an idiot. Well, sir, I just prayed that Jesus would touch her. And, you know, I'd like to invite you to our church. We, we believe in, they came to church that's how it works. Just invite. Say invite. Andrew invited. Huh? Andrew the inviter. You know the only reason I'm standing here? The only reason is a young man named Danny Sanders who eventually became my best friend. Emotional kept inviting me to come to his church and I was raised in a hell of a home and I didn't want anything to do with God and he kept inviting me and inviting me and inviting me and finally I said I don't want to go and I kind of cussed him out and then one day I, my bike broke down and I couldn't deliver my papers I had a paper route of about 150 papers and I couldn't deliver it and I had to, I had to deliver them by, by foot because my dad was an alcoholic my mom and all that mess and every day and finally Danny said he was a paper boy too in the same station says Zane what's wrong he said, my bike broke here I'll deliver your route for you. No, 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 I'll do it. No, man, dude, I'll do it for you. Well, you got your own route. I'll do mine. I'll do yours till you get your bike fixed. Just a good deed. Then he invited me again. Ooh. I better say yes. He delivered my papers for a week. So I said, okay. And walked in on a Wednesday night in a little Glendale Church of God, Don Price, he just happened to have four Hispanic 
brothers from Teen Challenge sharing their testimony. They usually had a different service, but four Hispanics were talking about their life and their sin, their sin and how God delivered them. And this little young 13-year-old boy was mesmerized. And before I know it, my hand went up for the salvation call. I pulled it down. It went up again. I'm serious. I pulled it down. It went up again. And finally, I gave my heart to Jesus because of an invitation and a good deed. I heard ringing in my spirit these words. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know all those words. They're Old Testament words. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet I heard the Lord say they speak of three generations. They speak of the aged, the middle-aged, and the youth. Abraham speaks of the senior-aged people. Uh, Jacob speak, uh, Isaac speaks of that middle-aged group that they really are the resource to the church. And then Jacob, Jacob speaks of those young puppies that all stood for a moment. And God said he is calling this church to a new level of generational, generational ministry. What does that mean? That the joining of the different ages and stages of life will join together and advance the kingdom. The aged and the middle-aged and the youth will join together. The youth will respect the aged. The middle-aged will recognize the, the, the strength and the, and the vitality of the young. And together, come on, together, this will be an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob generational church. God has always used generations. God has always used generations. And I just need to take a moment with this, and I need to tell you, you seniors, all you seniors in the house, you may be aged and you may be at a different stage, but you are needed in this house. Come on, I need an amen. You may not have the same energy. You may not understand the same style of music. You may wonder, why is that guy got such long hair up there leading that song? Can he cut his stinking hair? What's his problem? Come on, let's get real. Some of us seniors, we get set in our ways. They don't sing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's old Gaither's song. How many like that song? I need some old people to raise their hand. It's a different style. But you are no less needed in this house. And no less necessary. Because those Jakes around here, you Jacob people, you need those Abrahams to give you wisdom, to give you strength. They have a different style. Why? Why in the world can't that guy get some pants? Why has he got holes in all of his pants, man? I got, I got preachers today preaching with holes in their pants. I'm without shoes, without socks on. You know what is wrong with this generation? It's a new generation. I had my time. It's their time. But I'm going to support their time. I'm going to strengthen their time. I'm going to applaud them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to look like I enjoy it, whether it's different or not, because God is doing a new thing. I want all the seniors to stand 60 and above. Come on, stand, 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 stand. Come on, don't you be ashamed. Stay standing, stay standing. Woo! You are so needed. You are so necessary. You are so vital. I watched you worship this morning. You are ridiculous. You need to settle down. 
Like, God, you're not a senior. You look like a Jacob. Yes! You're valuable. It's not just about your money. It's about your wisdom. It's about your strength. Let me tell you something. Joshua would be dead in the valley. Joshua would be dead. Read it, Exodus 17. Joshua would be dead in the valley if Moses wasn't interceding on the mountaintop. And every time Moses dropped his hand and stopped interceding, the battle turned against Joshua. But every time, let me tell you, you intercessors, you prayer warriors, you men and women of God, you've done it, you've paid the price. I look up to you, I respect, and I applaud you now in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I got to wrap this up and get you home. Quickly, two words, activate, accelerate. Activate, accelerate. Lean into them, pastor, bring understanding. But the word over this house is activate, accelerate. You are moving into a season, an era of activation and acceleration. And the picture I got was a picture of a gift card. God showed me, I get pictures all the time. Wasn't a vision, it was just a picture in my mind. I saw a gift card. Didn't know where it was to, but it was a gift card. And the Lord told me, he said this, everything is already in the gift card. You understand gift cards. Every now and then, you just need to give your pastor a gift card. Your pastors. I'm a pastor still, but just slip that in there. They gave us a gift card. Where's she at? Who did that? Who did my basket, our basket? Where? Thank you. I love Starbucks. Thank you for the gift card. She gave us a gift card. The gift card is worthless until I activate it. Everything, all the coffee, all the mocha, cappuccino, 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 shut up. Just shut up. I don't like your people anymore. I'm done. Let's go, babe. Everything's already in there. We've got, we got gift cards to cheesecake. Ooh, sada basanda. There's a steakhouse. There's a steakhouse in, 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 in Tucson called Sullivan's. And every now and then, anniversaries and stuff, our kids will give us a gift card sometimes. Kids aren't very nice to us anymore. They'll give us a gift card and we'll go and we love it. It is worthless. It's not worthless. It's useless. It's not worthless. Thank you. Who said, yeah, that's good? Someone said, yeah, that's good. Elliot, that's good. It's useless till it's activated. Pastor, this building, this room is loaded with gift cards. They're called the gifts of the spirit. They're called the anointing. They're calling the talent. Loaded with gift cards. And some of you have never allowed the Holy Spirit to activate that gift, that ability. Some of you can sing our socks off, but oh no, I'm not that very. I break that insecurity. I break that lie. I'm not good enough. I'm not special enough. I break off the past that tells you you can never be there because of what you've done. You haven't done what you did because you've been forgiven. And God treats you as though you never did what you did. So shake off that lie. And activate that gift. Let it begin to be activated. Let it begin to be uh, uh, brought in and the potential brought in. And then accelerate. And he quickened, he quickened Amos chapter 3. I really am almost done. Thank you for being so patient. Is this okay? Yeah. 
I saw a few people leave and may they never come back. <laughs> I'm being silly. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. Flatten their tires, Jesus, right now. <laughs> Is this okay? I'm just being silly. I just had this thought, and I think it was the Holy Spirit. You do know you're never going back there, don't you? You do know they're never going to invite you back. Look at this, Amos 9, verse 13. The days are coming. The Lord says, are even here. What time is it? Now is the time. They're here, says the Lord, that things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. This is the message translation. One thing on the heels of another, everything happening all at once, and everywhere you work, blessings, blessings, blessings. That's called acceleration. The Lord says in Romans, I think it's chapter, chapter 12 or chapter 11, for the Lord will execute his word thoroughly and quickly. You are moving in into a time of incredible celebration, uh, acceleration. You can bring the worship word to them. I want to take the time this morning I shared last night or yesterday about the key of worship in this house. Worship is key to this house. There are songs that are going to be burnt. Was was any song that was led today a song of the house? I I thought so. I I said, yeah. I said, babe, I think that song is a song of the house. Landon, there are more songs of the house. Singers, you singers in the house, get ready to activate songs that are already in you. They were in you while you were in your mother's womb. God put songs and creative sounds. There are sounds in this house. Yeah. You musicians, you got to hear me. There are sounds. There's going to be times when, 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 when Landon's going to say, no, no singing, just no vocals, just the band. And as you play, there's going to be healings and deliverances while worship is happening. While worship. Kath, I mean, remember Catherine Kuhlman. What an incredible woman of God. And I remember at the Oakland Coliseum, it was packed. Jan was in the choir and she would come out and she was so different. She was so, hello, and have you been waiting? And I thought, oh, she's weird. And, but be careful that you don't judge the package, but you don't understand the package. The reason she talked that way is she stuttered as a young lady, and she was so insecure about her speaking that she would accentuate everything. But baby, I don't care about how she spoke. She could lay the word on you and deliver people. And she said one day, she says she understood the power of worship, and she would get the worship flowing. And while it was flowing, and, and I so appreciate that you don't, you don't do three songs, and let's get on with the show. The, worship is not, a, is not a preliminary. It's primary. It's everything. It's what we come for. We were created to worship. Worship prepares the heart for the word. Worship releases healing. Thank you for the worship of this house. But take it to the next level. Band come. Three words. Alignment, assignment, advancement. Alignment, assignment, advancement. Same with me. Alignment, assignment, advancement. The Lord is calling you to get in fresh alignment with the core values, with the direction, Holy Spirit directees of this house. They may not fit you. 
But God has values and God has standards and God has, God has things that he expects of the house. And you don't get that level of anointing if you don't submit. Remember he told, jo- remember he told Joshua, if you do according to all that I have commanded you, your way will be prosperous and you will have great success. Everybody wants prosperity and success. Nobody wants to submit to the way that the Lord wants us to live. Nobody wants to sacrifice things that we like when God says that season is over in your life because I'm taking you to a new level. I'm talking now to some people in the house. There's got to be an alignment with vision. There's got to be alignment with the values of the Holy Spirit. And as we align with him, he then gives assignments. First alignment, then assignment. First alignment, then says, now I can trust you. Now I want you to begin to move here and there. And once we get the assignment, the Holy Spirit empowers for the advancement. Two pictures. One picture, two thoughts. I had a prophetic picture on one of my morning runs. And it was a picture. Anybody a track track guy? You, you, you ran track? You ran track, sweetheart? Who else? Anybody else? You ran track? You ran track? I ran track. I ran a little track in, in high school, and it was mostly long distance, so I didn't have this experience. But because I was around the track, I knew the, the starting blocks. How many know what I mean by starting blocks? You've ever watched the, the Olympics, those guys that are doing the 100 and the 200, and, and they get in the starting blocks, and they're kind of, kind of um, uh, one in front of the other, and he, you see him, I love him, watch him, he kind of kicks his hand like this, and he gets down there, and then he kisses, and he's got there, and he's, he's in the starting blocks, and they're, they're, I can't do this down here, you got to see this, and he's, and he's in there, if you would have been flowing, you would have had me some starting blocks, dude, and anyways, he's down here in this position, you, you know, and he's got his hands right on the line, and it's, it's ready, and he gets ready, and then when they say set, he gets in that set position, do you see it? Power Place Church is in a set position. You got them ready. Ready. There's no set. Oh, this is so profound. I'm, I'm, this is my last point. This is so profound. There's no set without a ready. Somebody's got to get ready before you get set. You don't get to get set without getting ready. You've got them ready. 18 years, you got this house ready. You've had good things, done good things. God's moved. All that wonderful stuff. It doesn't mean what you did was insignificant, but you got them ready. See it? And now the Holy Spirit sent me to tell you, ready? You are now in your set position. You're up and ready. Ready, set. This is your goal. This is your goal. Not go, go somewhere, go advance the kingdom. You got them aligned. You gave them an assignment. It's time to advance them. Are you seeing it? And so, you ready? And so what the Lord is saying, he's saying, on your mark, that's it, on your mark. On your mark, get set, and go. This is Power Places Go Season. The Lord told me to tell you, you are cleared for takeoff. The Lord told me to tell you, lights, camera, action. You're ready. 
you're ready. And pastor, I saw that with the two of you in particular. And I don't want to embarrass you. And I don't know if it's here, there. I don't know what it is. I can't give you that revelation because we all see through our glass darkly. All I know is while I prayed for you, while I interceded for our time here, I saw you in starting blocks. I saw you in tennis shoes. I saw you in track shoes. And I saw you in that position. You were on your mark. You've been on the mark. You've been on the mark. You're, you're about to go to a whole new level, Brittany. There's an authority in you. There's, there's a, an authority and a prophetic edge to you. There's a teaching gift in you. You haven't even begun to discover the level of revelation God's going to bring you to teach the Word. We didn't say it yesterday. But I heard, I heard, I started to say, yes, you can. And the Lord corrected me. I didn't say it yesterday, but I'm going to say it in front of everybody here. I, was, I started to say when Jam was prophesying, I started to say, yes, you can. And the Lord stopped me and said, no, no, I don't want you to tell them, yes, they can. I want you to tell them, yes, you will. You will. That's why there's been the battles. That's why there's been the stuff. Even very, very close stuff. I'm not talking about the two of you, but stuff that brought such pain. Even to the point that you said at times, let's just leave. Not leave like leave, but let's just step away. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm, I'm ready for this. Ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. That's where you are. Are you ready to go? Okay. No, no. I, I, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I didn't make myself clear. Are you ready to go? What time is it? It's time. God's not waiting anymore. This is your time. This is your season. And God's just waiting for a house. God's hoping this is the place. God's hoping. God's feeling good. God's thinking, I think I got a house. There are a lot of churches, but he's looking for a house. He didn't say my church shall be called. He said my house shall be called a house of prayer. He's looking for habitation, not visitation. And he's saying, I'm telling you what I'm hearing. He's saying, I think I found a house, Father. Father, I think I got a house, that power place, that power place. You know that place down there? I think, I think, I think they might be one of those houses that are going to advance. They're going to align. Oh, I can, I can assign them and they'll advance my kingdom. You're the house. You're the house. You're the house. And go, Jan, Jan, join me. Give her, somebody give her a mic. Where's the mic? Stand up here, babe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord's been speaking really strongly to you today. We come always with a heart to say, Lord, what is your heart? What would you like to speak to your people? And when we heard these strong, strong words, we knew that you were a people that were ready because God wouldn't be speaking this strong to you. So you've been hearing God's word to you all morning long. And you remember Mary 
when the angel told her that she was going to bear our Christ Jesus, she said, how can it be? But she said something even before, how can it be? Or excuse me, after how can it be? She said, be it unto me according to your word. If you're here today, you've heard some words from God. If that would be your prayer today, that would be your declaration. Yeah, yeah. Be it unto me according to your word that you have spoke. Come would on. you just stand with us in this moment? Would you stand? Because then Mary said, how can it be all that you have spoken today? Lord, we raise our hands and we say, be it unto us according to your word. But how, Lord, how are you going to do these things that we are saying? Be it unto me. And the angel of the Lord said, and the power of the Holy Spirit will overcome you and will bring it to pass. So, Lord, our hands are extended, and we say, Holy Spirit, we will cross over. We cross over this day, and we say to this divine intersection, we will possess every word that you have spoken unto us. We say, Holy Spirit, this day, we receive increase. We receive the fresh anointing of the oil of the Spirit upon us. Oh God, Lord, we decree that a Joel 2 army of students and children arises in this house with an increased anointing, with a fresh anointing. Holy Spirit, we say, may the spirit of evangelism rise up within me. I will tell my story. I, Lord, will be the mouthpiece. I will be what you have prepared me to be. God, we say the harvest, the bumper crop shall fill this house, oh Lord. And God, we decree we will be a generational church. We will be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This house will be multi-generational. This house will be all ethnic groups. We say, oh God, we will be that church. And Holy Spirit, we now pray, stir up the gifts within us. Stir up. Activate all of the gifts, all the gifts within us. We say, Holy Spirit, activate. And God, we say, may the acceleration of your word, the acceleration of your spirit begin to take place even as you spoke in worship about the tornado of your spirit. We say the world of acceleration shall begin to move. So God, we say, be it unto us according to all your word, not by might, not by power, but by you, Holy Spirit. We say, so be it in your powerful name. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, lift your praise. We We lift our hands. We praise you. It is all about you. It is all for you. Can we 
rejoicing in our King. Amen. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, lead us. Lead us. Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at the Power Place Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website.